What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. And of course, that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White. Just four shows remaining till we kick off, kick off Cowboys training <laughs> camp. Thankfully, our man, RJ Ochoa, who leads the ship here at Blogging the Boys, has decided he does need to take a vacation every now and then. And with a newborn child in the midst, he probably should do that more often, but he is out this week, so you will not hear any daily episodes from our man, RJ Ochoa. He'll be back next week, but of course, keep listening to all the great daily content because we will have it for you as we do every week here on a Thursday with your guys here on uh, Riled Up on the Cowboys. And, you know, normally around this time, Tom, it's like kind of off season. What minutia, what things can you get into? What hypotheticals? can you have around the Dallas Cowboys? And then though, on occasion, you're lucky enough to actually have some news that you can discuss topics around the Cowboys. And while this news didn't involve the Cowboys directly, it did have us reflecting on just how fortunate the Cowboys have been in that department. For those that don't know, breaking news this week, Baker Mayfield has been traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round draft pick and both teams situations and circumstances are very interesting on the one side you have the Cleveland Browns who may not have a starting quarterback for the beginning of this year but they were in that position anyway because Baker had basically said he wasn't going to play and on the other side you have a team whose head coach may be desperate to make any move that he can to save his job. So before we get into any of that discussion, Tom, I think what you took from this trade, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, is just how lucky they've been in the quarterback department. And I did not realize until you put pen to paper, there were a number of times when things could have gone horribly wrong and in in an insanely different direction for this franchise over the last nearly two decades. Yeah. um, Sorry about the dog barking. I guess he wanted to say something about the dog pound there in Cleveland, but uh, I saw this and was looking at it. And the, the first thought was, man, I'm glad the Cowboys aren't having to do this. And then I just was stunned, you know, hit me again because I've always said the Cowboys had just had unreal luck. And it really goes back to 2003 when the Cowboys just kind of almost as an afterthought signed a UDFA out of a little school that nobody really had heard of named Tony Romo. And Romo was trying to get the Green Bay Packers to give him a shot which is kind of a, an interesting thing, given how the, the Packers played a role in kind of 
leading to some real disappointment when he could have had something good happen. But apparently Bill Parcells said, yeah, let's give the guy a shot or whatever. And, and they, they signed him just to come in, compete for a backup spot. You know, that was 19 years ago. And three years later, Tony Romo became the starter for the Cowboys. And he was the unquestioned starter, uh, except when he was injured. You know, he, he was hampered a little bit by two things. He, he had injuries during his career. Uh, you know, I'm not sure the man even has collarbones anymore. Uh, he, got him, he got beat up so bad. But they also didn't have much of a roster around him for most of his time. And then in 2016, or not 2016, 2014, um, when the Cowboys finally had a roster in place and got to the playoffs against those Green Bay Packers, of course, we all remember that you know Aaron Rodgers was unearthly himself. Uh, DeMarco Murray really made the crucial mistake of the game in losing a fumble when he had a pretty much clear path to make a touchdown that would probably have put it out of reach. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, we had the Dez. Did he catch it? Didn't catch it. That's all the history we've gone over so many times. But the thing is, Tony Romo was a legitimate franchise quarterback. And if things had gone just a little bit better in that 2014 playoffs, he had he would have a very different legacy. As it was, he made bukus of money off of Jerry Jones and is now making bukus of money off of broadcasting uh, for the NFL and seems very happy uh, with his deal with CBS. So, you know, he, he that was remarkable. You don't have a UDFA come in and play like that. It just normally doesn't happen in the NFL. And then in 2016, when the Cowboys thought Tony Romo was going to have another, you know, was was getting kind of towards the end. Well, before you even, like, just before you even get to that, mm-hmm. I, like, want to jump in there, right? Think about that. We fast-forwarded from 2003 to 2016. And granted, right, there were a couple of years there in Romo's first three seasons where he didn't start a single game. But um, at the same time, there was remarkable consistency at the position once he ascended to that spot. And effectively he owned that spot until, as you said, he wound up being hurt on several occasions. And of course the the Cowboys didn't know during the draft that something was going to happen to Tony Romo in preseason. And they were looking to get a good backup caliber quarterback that might be able to one day start for them when Romo was likely to retire in a couple, three years. They, they thought they still had three years with him. They always always think they have three more years with everybody. It seems like, (laughs) and they, they, they originally wanted to go for Paxton Lynch, but the Denver Broncos got to him before they could and drafted him. He didn't work out so well for Denver. Then the Cowboys set their sights on Connor Cook and almost got him, but the Raiders jumped in and grabbed Connor Cook. So with a compensatory fourth-round pick that year, they decided to settle on one Dak Prescott. Forgive the dramatic pause. Um, But he, 
he came in and through a series of events, first Romo got hurt, but even before that, excuse me, the first thing was that Kellen Moore got his foot stepped on and was unable to be the, the QB2. So Prescott got bumped up to QB2 without playing a down. And then uh, Tony Romo was hurt. Uh, wasn't it against Seattle in the preseason game? Uh, mm-hmm. His quarterback got his collarbone got hurt again, uh, uh, broken. Mm-hmm. And suddenly Dak Prescott was the QB1. And I want to just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that if, if there's one thing Jason Garrett did right during his tenure as the Dallas Cowboys head coach, he managed to somehow get Prescott's head right, get him coached up. And, of course, Prescott just went on to win Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Um, and it helped a lot by the fact that they still had a very good team. They had that solid offensive line. And the Cowboys' first-round draft pick was a fellow named Ezekiel Elliott, who had a, his best year rushing in the league as a rookie. And so Prescott led them to a 13-3 and regular season record. And then they ran into Aaron Rodgers and the dang Green Bay Packers. But we won't dwell on that too much. But just in that season, again, like, keep in mind, okay, the bye week was coming in week seven. We all pretty much knew Tony Romo would be back by the bye week, okay? And at the time, we all kind of looked at it and said, and I remember actually saying on the radio at the time, like, as you look at the results that Dak Prescott could potentially produce over these six games – Anything less than four and two, and Tony Romo is handed the keys back to the kingdom, regardless of what Dak Prescott's play looked like. But on the flip side of that, regardless of his play, if he won five of those six games, it was going to be really hard to remove him from that position. And sure enough, they wound up sticking with him. He won the next six in a row after going five and one, and – that was church for Tony Romo's career. We saw him again, but barely anything. Um, yeah, and, one and series, so, one touchdown. Um, three for yeah, four, it, 75 yards, Tom, is how <laughs> R- Romo's final season will, will look on paper. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was uncomfortable how it played out, watching how it played out for Romo, but it wasn't really something you could say was anybody's fault. Because it certainly wasn't Dak's fault for playing as 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 well as he could, you know, putting out the maximum effort. It wasn't the team's fault for deciding, look, we've got this team on a roll. Do we really want to mess with that chemistry and everything? So, you know, that happened. So that's twice in a row the Cowboys won the lottery because Undrafted free agents don't become starters for a decade. Fourth-round draft picks don't become the unquestioned starter from the day they set foot on on the turf. And the Cowboys got them for nothing. Quarterback is the hardest position to get right in the National Football League. That is just a simple matter. And – you want no better example of how hard this is to get right. Look at the Browns, who just traded away Baker Mayfield. 
who was in 2018 the number one overall draft pick. And in looking back, historically, it's hard to argue they didn't make the right choice. The problem was Mayfield came into less than the greatest situation, should we say? You know, he, he, the Browns didn't have a good roster. He apparently had a very frayed relationship with the team. There were some issues. Now, as proof that he was possibly, he, he's a guy that can be a good starting quarterback, at least one that can, can get the team to where they want to be, was that in 2020, when they, they won their first playoff game since 1994 with Baker Mayfield. Um, unfortunately, it was it didn't last, and they slumped back to eight and nine last year, and the team, you know, went out, went after Deshaun Watson, which is just now now the Browns not only have lost the guy they spent that first round pick on, but they've got a quarterback who they want to start who may be facing a year long suspension, if not more. Um, that's still to be resolved. So. They still don't know what's going on with their quarterback situation. And that you see teams doing that all the time. If if you look around, it's a it's a fact, it's a law. There are not 32 starter capable quarterbacks in the National Football League. Probably half the teams right now have a quarterback that's iffy at best. <clears throat> you know, some of them, like you know, you've got Matt Ryan who if he has a really good year, he could do something with his new team, but maybe not. Uh, you know, and a lot of these, if you look at those players, those iffy quarterbacks, it gets kind of uncomfortable when you see how many of them were first round draft picks. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. <coughs> Well, at the same time, right? Like, and I agree with that statement. There's not 32 starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL, but we also don't know how many there are truly because there are guys who can look like starter caliber quarterbacks in the right situation Mm -hmm. who were formerly drafted extremely high in Jared Goff, who looked like a guy in Los Angeles. And then you swap him out for another highly regarded draft pick who up to that point had been viewed as a guy who couldn't get it done. And Matt Stafford, all of a sudden with the right pieces around him becomes a super bowl winning quarterback. So I do agree. There's not 32 caliber, like starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL, but there's probably more than we oftentimes as the media give credit to and credence to because a guy like Matt Ryan may be a perfect example they just didn't have the right pieces around him. Could Baker Mayfield be that guy? History suggests probably not, at least what I've seen from Baker Mayfield. I'm not expecting it, especially in the division that they're in and with the talent around him. Like, I don't know if he upgraded from a talent standpoint 
by going from Cleveland to Carolina. I actually, nah, I, maybe a little bit, I would say. Now that I evaluate it, like DJ Moore, better piece, but we're not talking about the Carolina Panthers here. We're really more talking about the circumstances in which led to this deal. And while you focused on the quarterback and how the Cowboys have managed that position themselves, I was kind of looking at it from another angle. The Carolina Panthers made this move. One could argue after a season ago, trading for a former number one pick in Sam Bradford to be their starting quarterback. Sam Darnold. Sorry. Sam Darnold. Darnold. I'm sorry, Darnold. Bradford. My apologies. Yeah, Brad, Bradford was traded for, I think, about 12 different teams. Bingo. To, Thank you for correcting me on that. So. They traded for Sam <laughs> He didn't work out. And then they go again and give up even more pieces to get a guy who may or may not be the option, all because Matt Rule, the head coach, has also been given the opportunity to shop for his own groceries. And if he's going down this year, which chances are he might, he's going to go down swinging. With the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy in mind there, again, you and I argued on this podcast about whether Mike McCarthy should or should not be on the hot seat, and you don't necessarily think he should be. I kind of think that he is, whether he wants to be or not. And if he is, should he be allowed to shop for his groceries in a season where it's it's do or die, right? And I don't necessarily know if it's do or die to the extent of what Matt Rule's facing, uh, but boy, I might say the road is steeper for McCarthy because he's got to accomplish more than McCarthy does, or excuse me, than Rule does in order to keep his job. Yeah. You might be surprised that when you're talking about the quarterback and if the head coach's job is in any way contingent on how they're going to perform that particular season, yeah. The head coach needs to have the biggest vote, I think, of anybody, um, unless you've got a team where the it's a defensive-minded coach and your offensive coordinator is the guy that should be making that that call as to who they want to go with the quarter the quarterback, and then the ownership should make that happen for them. You know, we all know that's kind of not how it is in Dallas, um, but Mike McCarthy wasn't. He isn't faced like that. One of the reasons why I think he wanted to come to Dallas was because he knows that Dak Prescott is a starting quarterback, a good starting quarterback, a guy who, if they get it right around him, should be able to take them deep into the playoffs. And I think that was part of the attraction for the job. But he doesn't have to face that. You know, he doesn't have to face this uncertainty that is plaguing so many other teams. And it's not brilliance. The, the Jones family didn't figure this all out and make it happen because nobody else realized what Dak Prescott was. Remember, nobody else drafted in the first four rounds. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. But instead, they get this guy almost as a mistake, you know, as a oops, well, I guess we just have to take this guy and try to make it work. And, and once again, it was just absolute pure dumb luck and it's uh you know it's it just the cowboys are so blessed by this and a lot of people you know it, it's it's sad that people want to criticize that because if you look at him from any kind of statistical or metric viewpoint he's in that top five top ten 
range of quarterbacks in all of them. So you got to figure that it's the aggregate. You know, I like to think of him, he's like around the, the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the league. <clears throat> you can maybe argue for five, six guys that has a little bit more than Dak. You know, mm-hmm. like you got Brady and, and Rodgers that have been doing it for so long. I mean, I could come They're, up with five or six pretty quick. I agree with you, but like six or seven, I think is is right on. Yeah, but if you've got a quarterback that that's good, then all you got to do is is get some pieces around him that are pretty high in their particular area. Now, what Dak is facing this year, of course, is that the team has some questions that on the offensive line you know they're going planning to go with a rookie at left guard who's transitioning from from left tackle and they're hoping he's going to work out there and they're kind of taking a a bit of a chance on Terrence still holding up and they're crossing their fingers that Tyron Smith will play the majority of the games you know we're not even going to say all the games because we know he's going to miss one or two somewhere but hopefully it's just going to be one or two and they just need to rest him for a week and get him ready for the next game. And they don't have a swing tackle right now. So yeah, that's, that's not a problem, but it's, it's, it may, if, if Dak doesn't lead this team into a playoff run, it's not because of Dak. Uh, You know, his play has not shown any signs that it's going to deteriorate. And I just, I just, it's just, you don't just real quick, real quick. I got to interrupt that for a second. Like if Dak doesn't get there, it's not going to be on Dak. Weren't people kind of putting some of the lack of performance down the stretch for this Cowboys team on Dak's shoulders a season ago. Aren't we going into this off season expecting Dak Prescott to be able to do a little bit more than he did in a franchise record setting season a year ago. Yeah, but he's, you know, franchise record-setting season, you just said, yeah. uh, which kind of raises the fact that, well, maybe that's not accurate. But he was also – he had that that notorious cast strength, which did seem to affect him. And the play calling didn't seem to be helping him as much as it should have down the stretch. It's like everything kind of got flat on the team. Uh, and they, they were, you know, occasionally putting up some big numbers, but then they also just, you know, starting with the Thanksgiving game, they were losing games they really shouldn't have. And so some, some things were not working well at the time. And don't forget, they were going through constant shuffles with who was starting at tackle. Uh, Terrence still started at both left and right tackle during the season due to Tyron Smith injuries and Lel Collins injuries and everything. So what I'm saying is the team could well falter. Maybe I shouldn't say it definitely won't be because of Dak. I'm saying it probably won't be be because of him. Uh, He's got the talent. He's got the ability. And that's, that's just what I'm, what I'm saying. And, you know, what is really sad about it all, is the Cowboys have had this look for almost two decades and they haven't done anything with it. Mm. Not having to spend your first round pick on a quarterback that would, you don't know is going to work out or not, 
means that they were able to use those first round picks for other resources Man. and just kind of trickle down through the roster. So that's the biggest indictment of it all. Yeah. You just said right there, the fact that they haven't had to spend a draft pick over a fourth round to get the franchise quarterback stability that most teams in the NFL would beg for, would give their first round pick up for four or five years just so they could guarantee that they had two guys manning the position for 20 years, which is basically what we've seen here in Dallas. Bro, that is horrific. It, that hurts, Tom. That it, hurts. It, that landed like a sack of potatoes on my sack. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, I like to think of the Joneses like the people you see that win the lottery, you know, win the mega millions, win the Powerball or something, you know, get, get some, you know, like nine or what was it? Let's see. Yeah. About, about eight figure fortune is suddenly in their lap, sometimes even more. And nine figures, and five, ten years later, they're basically having to file for bankruptcy because they blew it all. They didn't know how to manage their money. You well, know? not <laughs> you know, a fair and, analogy in the Joneses case, because unfortunately, and this is perhaps the other depressing part for Cowboys fans, in reality, they don't need to spend their money well to be a money-making franchise and to be the most yeah. franchise in sports. Like, yeah, they and, don't need to win to do that because they haven't needed to do that. And they're still the most valuable franchise in sports over the last decade and a half. Yeah. Earlier this, this week, I actually wrote a little bit about that because the. Uh, I saw it, Tom. Yeah. The, you know, the, a little piece was up on blogging the boys mentioning the fact that for the first time in a long time, no Cowboys players were ranked in the top 10 for Jersey sales. It's tracked by the NFL. And is that a hint that maybe the fan base is finally getting fed up and they're not going to eat the cheese anymore. They're not buying the load of crap and they're starting to lose a little bit of the enthusiasm because. Answer your own question right now, Tom. Answer it honestly. You say yes well, or I no. Ain't, I ain't enthusiastic. That's no, no, no. But tell me. No, but you, what you asked was, is this a sign that the fan base is finally going to wisen up and start not to fall for the Kool-Aid? And I want you to answer that question. Is this, oh. is this the year that the fan base is going to do that? Because you and I both know the answer is nothing's changing. No, they're not. They're, they, they're not going to be this year thank you but the cowboys also ride on the fact that they are always like the number one highest rated tv broadcast every year for years it seems like has been a dallas cowboys football game they had five of the top 10 last year you know the nfl i mean as far as the 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 major broadcasting networks the nfl is the money maker that's where their biggest ratings come from. If the Cowboys start slipping in that, then suddenly the NFL isn't going to be so eager to give them all the really great slots. And that will be an indication that maybe this is sinking in out there. 
that was a thing. That thing with the jersey sales was just a hint that there was a little crack in that veneer. And if it if it keeps cracking and the Cowboys suddenly aren't the darling of the league and suddenly Jerry and Stephen Jones can't go in and throw their weight around in the beatings like they, they like to do, which, by the way, thoroughly ticks off the other owners. Things could start to change. They might finally have to wake up and say, hey, we've got to start working harder on the product on the field. We've got to do something more significant than, than re-signing Liram Hirolahu to give us our undrafted free agent kicker competition. Maybe free agency is actually a tool we could use to improve this roster. I, a lot I, of ifs. I, a lot of ifs you're running down the road of, Tom, and all those ifs start with the caveat is. of if interest in the Cowboys starts to wane. And you and I both know that that ain't happening because they fuel the coffers of all of the sports talk shows on television running today. And that's the reality. Win or lose, if they lose, it's as big of a story as if they win. And at this point, they don't really need to do a whole lot to guarantee yeah. ratings, in my opinion. So yeah, well, I don't think people... they'll ever find any. I don't think the Joneses will ever find any motivation from that type of stuff. Um, don't get me wrong. Appreciate you writing the article. And I maybe, maybe it's a crack in the facade, but I don't think they will ever react to something like that because they'll see it as temporary. It would have to happen for a decade plus for yeah. them to take anything from that. Yeah, that, that may be true, but you know, we've said things could never happen before and lo and behold, they happen. Hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking of things outside of football, but I won't say any more about that. But <laughs> well, yeah, pe- hey, people. Uh, I mean, a, people said Matt entirely. But you know, look. You mentioned Matt Stafford. People said the poor guy drafted by the Lions. He was never going to see a Super Bowl. Uh, he got traded, and everybody was like, "Well, yeah, but can they really do it?" Well, yeah, turned out they could, and it was because the Rams go all in on stuff. They don't care about the cost. They're willing to spend because they know they can make it work. Just like the Cowboys could make it work if they needed to go out. If they needed to go out and get the white, the a certain wide receiver, you know, say they'd have to trade for somebody on a, on a team because right now the pickings and free agency are not that great, but they could do it. They could make it work. It's just. Well, that's where I say. You know, Mike McCarthy, if he has any sway in the room, he should be taking the last three weeks before we get ready for training camp, and he should be looking at his roster, looking at the free agents that are available, and picking at least one or two guys that he can walk into the Joneses' room after the first week of training camp when he's identified players who are going to struggle or who may not be a fit for this thing and say, get me this guy. If Mike McCarthy in three years hasn't built up enough clout to be able to at least say that about one player, then I think he's a, he's a dead man walking anyway. Yeah. And how do we know he hasn't already been trying to make that case? Mm, Well, need to do some (laughs) digging, Tom. I'll reach out to my insiders and see if that's even a question that Mike McCarthy has even proposed. Perhaps he doesn't think he has that kind of clout or that kind of, you know, maybe he just tries to keep it separate. 
Tom, he's got a lot of film to watch in the off season since he's got to catch up <laughs> on all the Cowboys film that he lied about watching when he took it. <laughs> so uh, for that, again, just a couple weeks away, no Ocho podcast, no uh, Cowboys daily this week. RJ Ocho will be back in the saddle next week and make sure you check out all the great content daily podcast still coming at you from blogging the boys powered by our friends at SB nation. He's Tom. I'm Roy till next Thursday. You stay riled up on the Cowboys and we will see you. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.